Welcome to It Is What It Is, or Is It? I'm your host, Kay Francis, a licensed marriage and family therapist from Knoxville. I'm the author and creator of the It's It's, a children's book series, and my podcast topics will draw from my 40 years of experience in the fields of psychology and business. That includes executive coaching, training, and online program development. Hello again. Here I am back again for today's podcast, which is, what are the best parenting practices? I especially like discussing parenting and working with parents. It's an endless job and extremely tiring. But you know what? It has a lot of rewards to it as well. So if you're a parent or deciding to become a parent, then this podcast is for you, for sure. And you might even enjoy it if your parenting days are over. It might just confirm some things one way or the other. Parenting is one of the most important roles you're ever going to have in your lifetime. It requires tremendous responsibilities, ongoing challenges, unconditional love, and unlimited time to handle all that is required. But it is well worth the requirements because you've been blessed to go on this miraculous journey with this new little human being who is totally dependent upon you for his or her very existence. Daunting as that may sound, it actually is an adventure, and you are in wonderment that this little baby could surface so many feelings within you that you didn't even know you had. Whether you're a single parent or have a partner, this tiny miracle that you brought into this world is helpless and needs someone who will help them grow in healthy ways, physically, mentally, and emotionally. You become the protector, the warmth, and the comfortable person who makes them feel safe and secure. And then as they grow, getting into that little walking stage, you graduate into a teacher that helps them learn about life. You do this by disciplining, praising, providing security, stability, and instilling values, morals, and boundaries. And last but not least, you need the ability to model loving behavior for yourself and for others so they can become capable of doing the same. What a tall order for any adult to undertake, but much of this role, believe it or not, is already built into you naturally. You just have to trust your instincts and not hesitate to ask for help. So don't be hard on yourself. At first, you may feel a little overwhelmed, frustrated, inadequate, fearful, or exhausted beyond any exhaustion you have ever experienced. You may even find you're anxious, depressed, or both. None of these emotions are unusual if this is your first time becoming a parent. But with each day and each task that you conquer, your confidence grows. Each day, you are improving the many skills it takes to satisfy all of the demands of parenthood. I think about Maya Angelou, the famous poet and writer and orator, who said, and I quote, I did then what I knew how to do, but when I learned to do better, I did better. Although she was speaking of herself, I believe this quote pertains to all of us. None of us start out knowing what we weren't trained or taught to do, but with practice and giving ourselves some grace, we are all capable of learning and improving. This quote doesn't just apply to parenting. 
I find it's true of most areas in your life. If you happen to suffer from postpartum depression, don't be disappointed in yourself or self-punishing. Many women suffer from this right after birth. Don't try to hide your feelings. Seek professional help immediately. There is help in medications for the treatment of postpartum depression, and you will survive it. Whether you're a single parent or have a partner, most parents want to parent well. However, too often they overthink the parenting role, questioning everything they are doing. It's exhausting, and it's not benefiting either you or the child. So what are the best parenting practices? Well, let's first consider today's families versus of the past. In the 70s, almost one half of all households consisted of a father who worked full-time and a mother who did not work. Two people to carry the load, to provide care, support, and involvement. Now you jump to 2021, and only a fourth of the households have two parents. That number could even be more in 2023. The composition and family dynamics have changed, but what hasn't changed that much is what children need from one or both parents. Other than the very basics like food, water, shelter, they need consistency, choices, boundaries, consequences, and compassion. These five needs add up to an equal love. Parents today lose their own wants and needs as they try to do all and be all for their children. In many cases, this type of intensity and focus on the child is done to such an extreme that it's difficult to determine where the child begins and the parent leaves off. Unlike the past, parents feel that in order to be a good parent, they must solve their children's problems, save them from making mistakes, decide which activities they should be involved in, then monitor those activities. They also make excuses for them and more often than not, make all their decisions for them. This isn't done intentionally to stifle the child. It's done because parents want to feel good about their parenting. If it's a two-parent home, they intend to include their children in everything they do. Date night goes by the wayside, and evening at home together with friends, letting the children entertain themselves, becomes infrequent. So what's happening to the couple? Avoid becoming a helicopter mom or dad. The helicopter parent hovers over the child as a way of protecting them from just about everything. Then came the lawnmower parent. They cleared the path before the child even stepped on the path. Parents thought clearing the path for their child would ensure there would not be anything negative for them to deal with along their journey. Did you ever stop to think how that robs children, both helicopter or lawnmower, from building self-confidence, building self-esteem, developing good coping skills, as well as social skills? Making mistakes and learning how to correct them is a valuable lesson and more effective when they figure it out for themselves. The only exception I make to any of this is if there should be bullying or any other harmful act that is being done to your child. Then it's time to step in. You don't let a child race across the street when you see the truck coming. You grab them. Just think about that's what you should do when you're thinking about how much advice to give, how little, so on and so forth. Children need the opportunity to interact with a diverse group of their peers. This fosters good social skills. They need to be able to do this without parental interference. And as I said here again, with the exception of if there's something harmful. 
Let your child learn how to adapt, adjust, and interact with peers different from them. Kids are far more authentic, open, and honest than most adults. Yes, there are kids that are cruel, but most kids just say it like it is, and boy, will your child learn from another peer. I know of one child who would fake her mother and father out about bath time. Both parents worked, and at this time, the child that I'm discussing was 12 years old, a time when all children develop B.O., Well, the parents would be pretty much rushed in the morning. Nobody was noticing. But guess what? She went to school one day and one of her peers told her she stunk. Never a problem with a bath after that. That's what I'm trying to demonstrate for you or at least explain. Let me give you a little example of a well-meaning mom. She wanted nothing more than to make her daughter believe she was beautiful, intelligent, and wonderful. Nice on the surface all of which she thought would help her daughter build confidence and good self-esteem. So, mom constantly told her how amazing, intelligent, and beautiful she was. Now, that wasn't all bad, but it was overdone to the point that it lost its purpose and sincerity. What mom didn't realize, she was projecting her own painful childhood onto her daughter. This happens frequently. Mom had grown up with a beautiful mother who was always watching her weight, and a father who came from a family who, with the exception of himself, were grossly overweight. He hated overweight people. He closely monitored his daughter's eating habits and constantly reminded her that if she gained weight, she would never be seen as pretty and no successful man would ever be attracted to her. Well, she became a teenager. Her father left her mother for a younger and skinnier woman and from that point on had little to do with his daughter. She felt abandoned and was devastated. And these were the feelings that she never wanted her daughter to feel, but she projected onto her. Unfortunately, she overlooked the fact that her daughter was not her, nor did she have the same father and mother. These were her fears, not her daughter's. The outcome was the daughter became uncomfortable with her mother's smothering and decided she would never be all that her mother seemed to want her to be. That's how it got interpreted. Well, this same daughter became a perfectionist, came into therapy as a young, successful doctor who was dealing with anxiety and depression. She suffered with her weight, isn't that amazing, and felt resentment toward her mother. So be sure you check out your own childhood issues to make sure you're not projecting those feelings onto your son or daughter and your attempt to never have them feel what you felt. Here are some constructive parenting skills. One, know your own childhood issues and don't project. Two, make sure you take into consideration the unique personality of your child when considering how you want them educated. Don't pressure them to the extent that they become anxiety-ridden about school and grades. Three, never expect them to do what they never see you do, such as clean their room, and you don't clean yours. Four, pick and choose your battles. It's important that you win the war, so let them win some non-consequential battles. This gives them, you know, some practice. Five, be reasonable when it comes to monitoring computer and phone time. An hour of a day in this day and age is not enough. Make sure they know that they have some control 
in what time they will have by explaining that media time is based on them accomplishing whatever chores, schoolwork, or other reasonable responsibilities they have never vary from the rule. Six, let them make mistakes. Don't make a big deal out of it. They'll learn. Seven, allow them the space to experience different emotions rather than swooping in to make them feel better and make it all okay. Real life just isn't always okay. They need to learn how to identify their feelings and realize that feelings are okay even if they hurt sometimes. Eight, let them know when they're wrong versus placing the blame on their teacher, another child, or whoever. Fighting their battles, especially if they are in the wrong, encourages them to grow up thinking that they are right and others are wrong. They will begin to believe everything and everyone should accept their thoughts and opinions, and this misperception of themselves interferes with building fun and healthy relationships with their peers. It's important for them to learn that they are not the center of everything. They need to learn to take a back seat once in a while and let others shine. This is a lesson in humility. Nine, praise them when they deserve it and let them know how proud you are of them. Ten, be a good listener, not feeling you have to interject anything. Eleven, keep your anger under control when they are on your last nerve. Anger doesn't solve problems. Twelve, once they become toddlers and the teaching begins and will continue until they leave home, you hope, don't make the majority of your time spent with them always teaching, correcting, and being serious, and learning, and teaching, and correcting. Be spontaneous. Be silly. Everything and everyone needs some balance. 13. Always remember you can never spoil an infant too much, and you can never give too many hugs, kisses, encouragement, and love, whatever their age. 14. Come to terms with the knowledge that you have to let go gradually, depending on their age and level of maturity. 15. If your child lies and you have no doubt they are lying, never ask them if they did the deed. Instead, present them with what you already know they did and give them a consequence that fits the situation. 16. Well, let me, before I tell you 16, let me give you an example of that. There's two people in the house, mom and the little boy. The little boy is in the kitchen. There's no one else in the house, keep in mind. And mom hears crash. She runs to the kitchen and, of course, the glass of milk is scattered and shattered. And what does the mother say? Did you do that? Remember, they're the only two in the house. And what does that little boy instinctually say, having it posed as a question? No, I didn't do it. That's normal for children. You've set that kid up. You go in and you say, oh my goodness, you broke the glass. Let's clean it up. Be careful. So now we'll go to 16. Always follow through on your punishments, but never give unreasonable punishments. Be fair. When I got engaged to be married, I knew nothing about being a wife or a mother, but I always remember my grandmother telling me, always own a black negligee, and never forget you don't own your children. They're only on loan to you. Your job is to do the best you can, teach them how to love, and know when to let them go. Not every child turns out to be what you may have hoped for. You may have serious problems with a child. But once again, I have to quote Scott Peck, author of The Road Less Traveled, when he said, how can anyone be so presumptuous to interrupt another person's journey? Keep in mind, what you model is what they learn. 
but that doesn't mean all children will learn the good modeling techniques. So relax and let your children see that even parents make mistakes, and that's fine. Don't hesitate to apologize when you're wrong, and let them see you laugh at yourself. Have fun, parents. It's not all giggles and laughter, but hopefully you'll reap the rewards. Don't try so hard. Go with the flow. Quit worrying and enjoy your children. Our next podcast will center in the area of business. Being an executive coach and having done training in large and small corporations, there's a lot of things to look at. So for any of you out there in the workforce that are in any kind of management position or even thinking about going into it, I think you're going to want to listen to this podcast. So the name of the next podcast is Effective Management. Have a great day. If you would like to submit a question or suggestion of a topic, you can email me at capital K, capital F, R is in red, A is in apple, and N is in Nancy, M is in Mary, A is in apple, the number one at gmail.com. And I'll do my best to answer as many questions as possible, and I'll also try to consider your topic. Have a safe and blessed week, and remember to be proud of who you are.